Hey there, and welcome to the Oscars Death Race podcast. We try to watch all of the nominated movies or die trying. My name is Paulo, and I'm your host. We're back, baby. Welcome to the 2021 season of the Oscars Death Race podcast in anticipation for the 93rd Annual Academy Awards. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If you were here with us for inaugural 2020 season last year, welcome back. Either way, glad to have you on this journey as I try to complete the Oscars Death Race. A quick reminder, and for those of you who don't know, the Oscars Death Race Challenge is a challenge where individuals try to watch every film nominated for the Oscars in a given year before the final ceremony. Not just all the best picture films, all the films, including for categories like the sorts, the foreign films, the documentaries, and probably the bane of many original people, best original song. Yes, after the president was set last year, you need to watch the entire film for a single song, uh, probably playing over the credits if it is nominated, even if that film otherwise is not that great. Uh, this roughly works out to somewhere between 50 or 60 films, uh, you know, for feature length and sword films overall. Uh, the deadline for watching all of the films is the Oscar ceremony, which this year is airing on April 25th, which is postponed from its normal time in February uh, due to COVID-19. So far on the podcast, I'm one for oh, one for one for completing Oscar death races, having succeeded on the first race that I attempted last season. Uh, speaking of COVID, obviously things are looking pretty different this year with the Oscars, uh, more so than just when the ceremony is. Uh, in case you haven't been keeping up with the news, the Academy made some modifications for films uh, that would be allowed, or the rules for films that would be eligible this year. Uh, first, the eligibility window was extended from December 31st to February 28th to account for many films being delayed as theaters were shut down across most of last year, uh, meaning that some films releasing in early 2021 will be available to and eligible to compete. Uh, secondly, as many theaters, especially in New York and LA, uh, can remain closed, the requirement that a film be have its debut in theaters and have a theatrical run in one of those two major markets was lifted, allowing for films releasing on streaming and VOD services um, to compete, at least temporarily. Uh, this impacts our death race in a couple of ways. First, availability and access to these films will likely be easier. A large number of films may already be available on a streaming service like Netflix or Hulu or HBO Max or Amazon where they may or may not have previously been due to theatrical windows. You know, normally a film being released in late December, i.e. awards season in theaters, won't be on streaming services until at least March or even later. But if they are releasing day and date online, both in theaters and on the streaming services, or even just on the streaming services, it makes it easier since they're already online. Uh, on the flip side, though, this may make it harder for sorts and international films to be seen. Uh, in the past, many death racers have relied on local theaters showing these international films or compilations of documentaries or sorts uh, to complete their death races. Uh, I know I did specifically with the IFC Center here in New York City. Uh, depending on which international films get nominated or if the sorts are made available online, those may be much harder to track down. The other impact, obviously, is that we have until April 25th to finish the death race. Now, I'll be honest, I kind of took a step back from watching movies last year uh, once theaters shut down. Um, I even put my other podcast, Filmography on Focus, on hold until they reopened here in New York, since I just wasn't feeling as engaged with movies. Um, but for those who have been keeping up with it, it may be less of a struggle this year if some of the nominees came out, you know, earlier in the year. You have, you know, you've gotten more of the list done ahead of time. You have, you know, you don't have to cram so many movies 
in within a specific uh, sort of time period. Now, obviously, the nominees haven't been finalized. Uh, the Oscars are going to be releasing their final nominees on March 15th, just over a month from now. So what are we doing between now and then? Well, as with last year, we'll try to get a head start and try to watch and discuss some films that are favorites to be nominated for Best Picture, since a Best Picture nomination usually covers multiple other categories as well, and will leave us time after the nominations come out to track down the harder films to find that maybe have only one or two nominations. Uh, for my reference, I'm using GoldDerby.com's Oscar nominations predictions. Uh, essentially, what happens there is Gold Derby users submit their predictions for who is going to get nominated, and using wiz the idea of wisdom of the crowd, Gold Derby converts those predictions into betting odds, similar or equivalent betting odds. Um, we'll try to cover the top 10 best picture nominees and maybe up to as many as the top 15 uh, for a little bit of wiggle room for snubs and surprise nominations. I believe this year uh, they're saying there will be exactly 10 nominees as opposed to the past few years where the number of nominees would range between 5 and 10 based on the specific ballot system, which I'm not going to get into the details of. Now, as of the recording of this episode, the most likely nominees according to Best Picture are, starting with the most likely and with their U.S. distributors, in first place, Nomadland from Searchlight Pictures. In second place, Trial of Chicago 7 from Netflix. In third place, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Netflix. In fourth place, Minari from A24. In fifth place, One Night in Miami from Amazon Pictures. In sixth place, Mank by A24. Uh, in seventh place, The Father from Sony Pictures and Lionsgate. In 8th place, Promising Young Woman from Focus Features. In ninth place, The Five Bloods from Netflix. And in 10th place, News of the World from Universal. In addition, the number 11 through 15 most not likely nominees, who, again, based on the 10 rules, if we cut off today, wouldn't make the cut, but who knows how things may sift between now and then. 11th, Judas and the Black Messiah from Warner Brothers. In 12th place, Sound of Metal from Amazon. In 13th, uh, Soul from Disney Pixar, 14th, uh, The U.S. vs. Billy Holiday, Paramount, and then 15th, First Cow uh, from A24. Now, over the next four episodes, we are going to have some friends of mine join me on the podcast to talk about as many of these films as I can. I know last year I kind of did it on my own while I was still figuring out the whole podcast thing, but uh, I have a year's worth of podcast experience under my belt, so we're going to have some interviews this time around, or conversations rather. Uh, no spoilers as to who the guests will be, but look forward to them. Uh, on February 17th next week, I'll have a friend of mine who's more well-versed in black film to discuss some of the films that feature black stories this year. Marini's Black Bottom, The Five Bloods, One Night in Miami, as well as Soul, the first Pixar film with a black protagonist. On February 24th, I'll be joined by someone who is very familiar to the Death Face community uh, and go through some of Netflix's potential nominees, Mank and Trial of the Chicago 7, as well as one or two more films available on VOD, uh, most likely Promising Young Woman, though not haven't locked that in quite yet. Uh, on March 3rd, I'm excited to bring on a friend well-versed in the topic of Asian representation on film to discuss the Korean-American film Minari, as well as current frontrunner Nomadland with director Chloe Zhao, as well as Riz Ahmed's Sound of Metal. And then finally, on March 10th, we'll have a friend of the show from last season join us to talk about The Father, as well as News of the World, which, you know, I have. 
uh, as well as, you know, perhaps maybe Judas and the Black Messiah or uh, First Cow or, you know, um, US, uh, U.S. versus Billy Holiday, whichever ones, you know, have the odds most likely to increase. But we'll also make some predictions about who we think will make the final nomination list on March 15th. Uh, from there, we'll have an episode covering the nominees and take inventory of what we have left to cover, what of the 50-ish films we've watched and which ones we have yet to cover. Um, that then gives us five weeks to try and cover the 40-ish other films that I anticipate will be nominated, uh, including tack- tracking down the international films, the sorts, and documentaries, and all the one-offs. Uh, in addition, each week after the nomination episode, there will be a different guild award, uh, so we'll be trying to keep on top of those to see which film's odds improve for actually winning the final awards. Um, the Writers Guild will be covered in our episode on March 24th, Producers Guild on the 31st, Screen Actors Guild and Art Directors on April 7th, Directors Guild, BAFTA, and the Costumers Guild on 14th, and then Editors, Cinematographers, and Audio Guilds, plus the Annie Awards on April 21st, um, on top of making any last minute predictions for who I think will win each category. And then we'll wrap up the season on April 28th with our final episode, seeing if I was able to actually finish the race in time and how I did with my predictions. It's looking to shape up to be a pretty good year for the race. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, now, for the next half of the episode, you know, we'll take a look at three, um, no, actually rather four, uh, you know, nomination list that came out uh, that will you know help, hopefully help us determine which films have the best shot. Um, these are the Golden Globe nominees, the SAG nominees, as well as the Critics' Choice nominees, um, and of course the Oscar shortlist, which came out yesterday. So the Golden Globes uh, were released last week, and in case you didn't know, these were run by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, a group of about 90 film journalists or so, um, as opposed to the Academy, which makes up you know 9,000 9, members across the film industry. Um, they do have some variation in categories between the Golden Globes and the Oscars. Um, for example, they split their 10 Best Picture nominees evenly between dramas and musicals slash comedies, and they have twice as many main actors and actresses, again, split between the two genres, but they also have only five screenplay nominees combining adapted and original, as well as some BS rules, in my opinion, around foreign language film. Uh, For Best Picture uh, from the Golden Globes, uh, the five Golden Globe drama nominees, The Father, Mank, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, and Trial of Chicago 7, are all expected to be in for the Oscars' Best Picture race, uh, with Pretty Young uh, uh, Promising Young Woman uh, being the biggest beneficiary since, you know, they were sitting at uh, 10th on Gold Derby before this this was announced. Um, Notably, all of the minority-centered films, Ma Rainey, One Night in Miami, The Five Bloods, and Minari, were all skipped over, as was News of the World. Uh, in Best Picture, the surprises here from the Globes were Emerald Fennel for pr- Promising Young Woman getting nominated. Uh, she was previously ranked 8th on Gold Derby for the Oscars. Um, and Regina King squeaking in from her 6th place sock. Uh, Spike Lee for The Five Bloods and Lee Isaac Chung from Minari were skipped over. Uh, in Best Actress, looking at the dramatic side, since we don't generally don't look at comedy, um, the big story here is that Andrew Day got in at 5th place for the um, uh, at the Oscars. Um, Zendaya and Malcolm and Marie had had some buzz since it was just released, but Andrew Day seems to be getting the nod here, especially since the film hasn't released yet. Uh, in Best Actor, again, looking at the Golden Globes drama side, the big surprise was that, was that Tahar Rahim got in for The Mauritian, uh, which otherwise isn't getting any Oscar love at all on the betting odds. Um, you know, Delroy Lindo from The Five Bloods and Steve Yuen from Mank got skipped over here. 
Um, Best Supporting Actress, the Golden Globes, Ellen Burstyn from Pieces of a Woman, and Yu Jung Yoon got skipped over for Helen Zengel, who was ninth for the Oscars, and Jodie Foster from The Mauritian. Um, I also have to shout out Maria Bakalova, who got in Best Actress at Comedy for the Globes, which bumped her eligibility from supporting to lead, um, but you know that helps her odds for the Oscars, which she's considered a supporting actress. Uh, in best screenplay, since again they combine original and adapted, um, you know, no, no big surprises here. All five Globe nominees were within the top five of the two Oscar categories: three from original and two in adapted. Uh, notably, two number two original screenplay from the Oscars, Minari, and number two and three adapted screenplays, One Night in Miami and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, were all excluded. Again, the minority, uh, no, oh, uh, so movies. Uh, and in Best Animated, the news here is that uh, The Crude's A New Age beat out Son the Sheep for fifth place nominee, um, otherwise as expected compared to Gold Derby on the Oscars. Now, the Globes don't have a category for the more technical awards of cinematography, costume design, editing, production, or sound, but they do have some insight for score and original song, uh, which Gold Derby does not yet have categories for. Uh, in these categories, the nominees were for score, uh, Soul, Mank, News of the World, The Midnight Sky, and Tenet. Uh, the Midnight Sky is currently borderline for sound and production design, and Tenet is currently in contention uh, to borderline for various production awards. Uh, for original song, we have Fight For You from Judas and the Black Messiah, Hear My Voice from Trial of the Chicago 7, EOC, The Life Ahead, which is an Italian dramatic film that's otherwise wasn't on my radar, uh, Speak Now from One Night in Miami, and Tigress and Tweed from the U.S. versus Billie Holiday. Uh, the Globe also has some foreign language films already where the Oscars only just put out the shortlist, which we'll talk about later. Uh, this is somewhat complicated by the fact that Minari for the Globes is counted as a foreign language film despite coming from the U.S. because the majority of its dialogue is in Korean, uh, when it might otherwise be considered for Best Picture in the Oscars and not be an international film. Um, that aside, the other four films are Another Round from Denmark, La Llorona from Guatemala, The Life Ahead from Italy, which isn't eligible for the Oscars since it wasn't Italy's official submission for this year, uh, and two of us from France. So, the big story from the Globes is that they did not embrace many of the more diverse films this year, uh, with One Night in Miami only getting three nominations, Ma Rainey only getting two nominations, Minari only getting one, and The Five Bloods being shut out entirely. Uh, there are also some controversy, uh, controversy around Sia's film Music getting nominated on the comedy musical side of things, um, but hopefully that doesn't make its way at all over to the Oscars since I really don't want to watch the terrible depiction of autism. Uh, really disappointed personally at Minari getting slubbed from the Globes. Hopefully they're able to snag the foreign language film and build some momentum later on. Uh, you can Just a heads up, I'm going to be a huge Minari stan uh, for this award season. Uh, let's see, on the flip side, the Screen Actors Guild Awards were a little bit better in that regard, and perhaps, you know, uh, hopefully a better representation, at least in my view, of the likely nominees given the SAG represents a larger portion of the actual voters for the Oscars from the Academy. Uh, for Best Actor, Delroy Lindo got passed over again, but Steve Yuen did get his nomination in Minari instead of Tahar Rahim. He joins the expected nominees Chadwick Boseman from Ma Rainey, Anthony Hopkins from The Father, Riz Ahmed from Sound of Metal, and Gary Oldman in Mank. 
uh, for Best Actress instead of Andrew Day getting nominated, as would the Globes. Instead, Amy Adams, who was 10th on Gold Derby uh, from Hillbilly Elegy, got nominated here. I know many people, myself included, are hoping that Hillbilly Elegy doesn't get added to the death face so we don't have to see it. Um, she joins the expected crew of Viola Davis from Ma Rainey's, Frances McDormand from Nomadland, Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman, and Vanessa Kirby from Pieces of a Woman. Supporting actress is pretty wild, uh, with current Gold Derby frontrunner Amanda Seyfried not getting nominated for Mank. Uh, neither did third place, uh, you know, third ranker Alan Burstyn for Pieces of a Woman. Instead, we got Olivia Coleman in The Father, second on Gold Derby, Yo Jung Yoon in Minari, fourth, Maria Bakalova in the Borat sequel, fifth on Gold Derby, Glenn Close from Hillbilly Elegy, sixth on Gold Derby, and Helena Zengel in News of the World, ninth in Gold Derby. Uh, for supporting actor, uh, it was a little bit less wild, with four of the top five on Gold Derby getting nominated. Leslie Odom Jr. in One Night in Miami, Sacha Baron Cohen from Trial of Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya in Judas and the Black Messiah, and Chadwick Boseman in The Five Bloods. Uh, the surprise here is that Paul Ratchi from Sound of Metal got passed over for Jared Leto in The Little Things. Uh, and then in the Best Ensemble nominees, which is kind of the equivalent of Best Picture, Parasite won this one last year uh, over Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which kind of, again, setting the momentum for its success. Uh, here we have The Five Bloods, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Minari, One Night in Miami, and Trial of Chicago 7, all of them getting Best Picture runner, all of them in contention for Best Picture, and The Five Bloods getting a nod here, even if Delroy Lindo did not get uh, love in best pic- in, for Best Actor. And it's also worth noting we have the Stunt Ensemble Award, which I think may lean more towards some of the VFX and other technical awards, The Five Bloods, Mulan, News of the World, Trial of Chicago 7, and Wonder Woman 1984. Um, we'll see later, but I was hope- I, I, I wrote this before the Oscar nominees came out. Um, I, was wrote, ho- I was hoping that this wouldn't materialize into a nomination for Mulan or Wonder Woman 84. Uh, the big winner here of the SAG nominees, uh, as again, especially compared to the Golden Globes, were all the diverse minority films, especially with Minari, picking up three of the five main categories, including Best Ensemble. Again, The Five Bloods didn't do quite as well with Delroy Lindo getting passed over, but they still got an Ensemble nomination. One Night in Miami got Love for Ensemble and Leslie Odom Jr., for supporting, but not Ben Kingsley Adir for for main actor, and Sound of Metal really got only the expected Riz Ahmed nomination. Also, Borat and Ria Maria Bakalova and Hillbilly Elegy with Amy Adams and Glenn Close have a route to being added to her death race, while Pieces of a Woman is barely hanging on with only Vanessa Kirby. There are also the Critics' Choice nominees, which came out on Monday. These are a little bit less helpful since Critics' Choice have seven to eight nominees per category, which makes it less useful in trying to find the final five for the Oscars categories. Uh, that said, some notable snubs and some technical films that may be getting some love. Uh, for Soul, they only got a nomination for Score, uh, which dimmed its chances for getting a screenplay or Best Picture nomination, uh, though Critics' Choice doesn't do animation, so don't worry about that. Um, Emma, uh, and the history of David Copperfield got some love in production over Midnight Sky and Mulan. I really loved watching Emma, uh, and I am a little bit parcel to Dev Patel for David Copperfield, so uh, we'll see if that materializes for them. 
uh, First Cow got some love in cinematography and maybe even adapted screenplay. Um, Mulan got some love in costume and v- VFX. Greyhound got love in VFX. Uh, Tenet is in a, is got love in a number of technical categories. Um, the Father was missing a Best Picture nomination uh, in favor of Sound of Metal. Uh, most of the other usual suspects are there. Uh, Amy Adams missed the Best Actress in favor of Zendaya and Andrew Day. Ben K- Kingsley Benadir is missing yet another Best Actor nomination and news of the world is missing uh editing versus sound of metal and for foreign language films all the same five as the golden globes though at least they let minaris will compete in best picture uh with the addition of collective from romania uh, it seems another round yala yorona and two of us or at least seem pretty set uh for the best international picture nomination the big winners here are Mank and Minari with 12 and 10 nominations respectively. It looks like those two, as well as Promising Young Woman, One Night in Miami, and Trial of Chicago 7, and Nomadland are the frontrunners for picking up uh, Oscars in directing, screenwriting, and acting as well. And finally, we have the Oscars shortlist nominees. Um, now, without getting into all the logistics, these specific categories, about nine of them or so, have dozens, if not you know, over a hundred eligible films um, that are eligible each year. So they're submitted, but then rather than have you know require everyone to watch all you know hundred or so films uh, to be able to judge them, uh, the various branches of the Academy essentially narrowed narrow it down to these ten or fifteen uh, per category um, before voting uh, at, in large to basically get to the final. Final five nominees. Uh, if you want to get a head start on these films before the final nominees and have some sense of what the front runners are, uh, keep on listening. Uh, the categories and nominee shortlists are for international f- f- films: fifteen out of ninety-three submitted films. Uh, we have Bosnia and Herzegovina's Quo Vadis Aida, uh, Chile's The Mole Agent, The Czech Republic's Charlatan, Denmark's Another Round, France's Two of Us, Guatemala's La Llorona. Hong Kong's Better Days, uh, Iran's Sun Children, Ivory Coast's Night of the Kings, Mexico's I Am No Longer Here, Norway's Hope, Romania's Collective, Russia's Dear Comrades, Taiwan's A Son, and Tunisia's The Man Who Sold His Skin. Uh, so we've gotten the three from Denmark, France, and Guatemala both in the Globes and Critics' Choice Awards. I think those are safe. Uh, no idea of which ones of the other 12 will make it to the final five. I'm guessing, you know, Romania's collective has some hype behind it since it made it uh, to the Critics' Choice, but, you know, we'll just see, have to see here. Uh, in documentary feature, there were 238 eligible films narrowed down to these 15. We have All In, The Fight for Democracy, Boy State, Collective, Crip, Cramp, Crip Camp, Dick Johnson is Dead, Gunda, MLK FBI, The Mole Agent, My Octopus Teacher, Notuno, The Painter and the Thief, uh, 76 Days, Time, The Truffle Hunters, and Welcome to Chechnya. Uh, now, a number of these are actually also crossed over with the Air National features, which would be convenient. Uh, personally, I'm a little bit sad that from the Philippines, a thousand cuts didn't quite make it. Um, but that's, again, that's personal bias. I haven't seen any of these yet, though I've heard good things about Boy State and All In the Fight for Democracy. Uh, so we'll see you know, how those end up going. Uh, on documentary sorts, there were 114 films, 10 final shortlisted. Uh, we have Abortion Help- Helpline, This is Lisa. Uh, Call Center Blues, Colette, A Concerto is a Conversation, Do Not Split, Hunger Ward, Hysterical Girl, A Love Song for Latasha, 
the Speed Cubers, ooh, Rubik's Cube, uh, and what would Sophia Loren do? No real comments here, aside from uh, I'd love it if there was the Speed Cubing uh, documentary sort made it in. Uh, on animated sorts, there were 96 qualified films, 10 made it in. We have Burrow, Genius Loci, If Anything Happens, I Love You, Kapai Mahu, uh, uh, Opera, Out, The Snail and the Whale, To Gerard, Traces, Yes People. Uh, only one of these I've seen is Burrow, which released on Disney Plus the same day as Soul, as is tradition. Uh, pretty safe to say I think that'll be a nominee, but not sure what the other four will end up being. Uh, and then in live action sort, we have 10 out of 174 qualified films. Bitu, Daie, uh, Feeling Through, The Human Voice, The Kickslits Choir, The Letter Room, The Present, Two Distant Strangers, The Van, and White Eye. Uh, again, have not seen any of these. Uh, in makeup and hairstyling, we have Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, Emma, The Glorious, Hillbilly Elegy, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, The Little Things, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, One Night in Miami, and Pinocchio. Happy to see Emma here, I really enjoyed it. Um, I was expecting Ma Rainey's and One Night in Miami to make it in. Kind of hilarious that Birds of Prey made it in. Will this be another Suicide Squad situation? Um, and also, no David Copperfield, um, despite you know some of the earlier ones for production. So we'll see if that hurts David Copperfield's chances. Uh, in visual effects, we have Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, Bloodshot, Love and Monsters, Mank, The Midnight Sky, Mulan, The One and Only Ivan, Soul, Tenet, and Welcome to Chechnya, uh, which that was a documentary, so interesting to see how the visual effects come in there. Uh, big soccer here is that lack of Wonder Woman 84, though you don't hear me complaining. Um, I did expect to see Mulan here, though I hope it doesn't make it through. Disappointed to see the lack of Invisible Man, uh, but again, surprised to see Birds of Prey, as well as one and only Ivan making it in here. Uh, and then we have score. There were 15, these are the 15 out of 136 eligible scores. We have Ammonite, Blizzard of Souls, The Five Bloods, The Invisible Man, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Holiday Journey, uh, The Life Ahead, La Vita Davanti Asse, The Little Things, Mank, The Midnight Sky, Minari, Mulan, News of the World, Soul, Tenet, and The Trial of Chicago 7. Uh, doubly bizarre to see Invisible Man here, but not Invisible Effects. Uh, other than that, all of the nominees from Globes and Critics' Choices are here, um, with, you know, in my head, I think Soul and Mank are... Uh, led by Reznor and Ross on both of these films as the frontrunners. Um, I expect to see some of the other Best Pictures ones in here as well, plus you know maybe one or two you know odd ones that, that don't get nominated anywhere else. Uh, and then finally, we have Original Song. There were 105 eligible songs, 15 of which made it here. Uh, we have Turntables from All In, The Fight for Democracy, See What You've Done from Belly of the Beast, Wuhan Flu from Borat's subsequent movie film, Delivery of Padidza's Bribe to American Regime to make benefit of Once Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan, the Borat sequel. Um, we have Husevik from Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. Never Break from Giving Voice. Make It Work from Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah. EOC or Scene from The Life Ahead. Uh, Rain Song from Minari. So Me Your Soul from Mr. Soul. Loyal Brave True from Mulan. Free from the one and only Ivan. Speak Now from One Night in Miami. Green from Sound of Metal. And Hear My Voice from Trial of Chicago 7. 
the big snub here is Tigers and Tweed from Andrew Day and the US versus Billie Holiday, which doesn't bode well for her overall for Best Actress. Um, also, Rocket to the Moon from Over the Moon, which got left out, which I know many were hoping for. Uh, other than that, the four nominees from the Globes from Judas, Chicago 7, Life Ahead, and One Night in Miami are all here. Uh, Eurovision song, song did make it in uh, from the Critics' Choice also, though Everybody's Cries did not. Um, I also find it hilarious that Wuhan Flu from Borat made it in. Uh, we'll be less enthused if Mulan does um, this as well. Um, you know, not as many uh, so, uh, nomin- shortlisted nominees here that don't appear in other categories, uh, specifically from Belly of the Beast, uh, Eurovision, Giving Voice, uh, and Mr. Soul, I believe, are the ones that don't appear anywhere else on either the shortlist or in the favorites. So uh, we'll see. Uh, the big takeaway here, I think, is that Wonder Woman is definitely off the table for nominations this year, I think. Uh, we'll have a chance for, you know, needing to watch Mulan still, but, you know, funnily enough, a chance also for Verge of Prey. So I already saw that, not complaining. Um, but yeah, so those are your Oscar shortlist. Um, I won't really go out of my way to try to watch these categories before the final nominee list is finalized on March 15th. I have enough on my plate trying to watch all of the best picture nominees and make a podcast about it. But if you want to get a head start, by all means, uh, especially some of the sorts or documentaries that for one reason or another always seem to end up getting pulled offline uh, before they actually get finally nominated, um, I find it adds some spice to my race uh, to try to have to scramble for those You know, after the nominees are finalized. Um, I recommend checking out uh, the Oscars Death Face Discord to try to find a list of where they might be online currently. In any case, uh, it's looking to be a great race this year, and I am very excited to be taking part in it again with all of you listeners. It's good to be back. Uh, let me know how your Oscar death race has been, which films on the Gold Derby list have you already taken care of and that you're in anticipation of all of this. Um, you can let me know all about this on Twitter at OscarsDRaceCast or via email at OscarsDeathRacePodcast at gmail.com. Or, you know, I'll definitely make a thread for this on the Oscars death race subreddit, so leave a comment there. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your podcast service of choice, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. And if you can, leave a review there or on podchaser.com or just share it with a friend who loves movies. It's always super helpful. Uh, you can follow my Letterboxd account, uh, link in the show notes under the username NinjaBoy, boy with an I. Uh, also be sure to check out the Oscar Race and the Oscars Death Race subreddits and the Oscars Death Race Discord, again linked in the show notes. Music is provided by Kevin MacLeod. You can find his stuff at incompetech.filmmusic.io. Editing and production is provided by Ninja Boy Media. That's it for this week. This has been Paulo of the Oscars Death Race Podcast. Until next time, I'll be here trying to watch all the movies or die trying. Mm-hmm.